Thank you for listening to this sermon from Renaissance Church located in Montreal, Quebec. For more information about Renaissance Church, please visit our website, renaissancemtl.com. If you would like to know more about how you can partner up to see the gospel advance in Montreal, please send us an email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com. parables of what the kingdom of God would look like and Jesus was put on trial and accused of being king of the Jews and when he was crucified they nailed a plaque over his head that read king of the Jews and so this book is centered around Jesus being the king of heaven and him ushering in that kingdom here on earth so a lot of what we'll be focusing on in this series is how do we follow Christ and live for his kingdom what does it mean for us to belong to the kingdom of God? How do we submit to his rule and his reign in our lives? If you're just joining us in this series, we are early in the stages of Jesus's ministry on earth. Last week, we began looking at a sermon that Jesus told his disciples called the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this was likely a sermon that he shared many times as he went on his journey throughout Galilee. Uh, the sermon covers about three chapters in the book of Matthew. And so over the next few weeks, what we're looking at a little bit more closely is this sermon, and we're going to be exploring Jesus' words from that sermon. I'm going to begin by, by reading our text for today. Uh, today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be for the day. So if you have a Bible, I would invite you to follow along. Um, if you don't have one, uh, on the back table, there are uh, some Bibles for you. And if you don't have one, that's uh, one for you to own. Um, and you're welcome to, to help yourself to one of those. Again, Matthew chapter 5 is where we're going to be. And we're going to begin in verse 13. This is Jesus speaking. He says this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Let's dive right in here. Um, again, this is part of the sermon that Jesus preached to his disciples, right? Jesus begins by telling them, he says, you are the salt of the earth. If you have been uh, around Christianity for a while, you may have heard this before, right? Christians say a lot of the time, um, I've heard this many times by, by people that say, we want to be salt and light, right? Um, it's probably one of the most overused and underexplained phrases that Christians use. Um, what does it mean to be salt and light? That's an, an important question, and it's one I hope to, to answer for us today. I'll begin by saying that these are not the same thing, right? Salt and light, they're not two metaphors with the same meaning. They mean two different things. And so understanding them, 
as we see Jesus says that this is our, our purpose, this is what we are, we are salt and light, understanding what these mean will help us to understand our purpose in life. So let's start off first with salt. What is the purpose of salt? What does salt do? Well, we use salt in a number of different ways, right? Salt seasons food. Uh, the primary way that we use salt in our culture is for that. Salt brings out the flavor of food. It enhances a meal. We're on kind of a bit of a, a culinary journey today. Cook knives and salt and cooking. Um, another way, though, that we use salt is to melt ice and snow, right? If you live in colder climate countries as we do, salt is used on the roads and sidewalks to create traction between you and the ice, right? It prevents you from slipping. Um, it can also prevent traffic accidents from occurring. Um, what are some other ways that we use it, right? Superstition says to throw some salt over your shoulder to reverse your bad luck. I don't think that's true, but that's what people say, apparently. Um, so there are many different ways to use salt, right? None of which we just mentioned would be the primary way that people in Jesus' day would have used salt. How did people then use salt in that day? Well, the primary purpose for people in that day was to preserve food. In that day, right, people did not have fridges or freezers. Uh, there was no way to keep meat from spoiling by cooling it. And so salt was used to keep it from going bad, right? Similar to today, how we cure meats. Meats, right, they're cured and, and therefore preserved when you add a bunch of salt to them and you let them dry out. And this keeps the meat salvageable and it keeps harmful bacteria from infecting the meat. So what was salt used for? Well, in simplest terms, we can say this. Salt is meant to preserve what is good and prevent what is bad. Right? Salt is meant to preserve what is good and prevent what is bad. Therefore, when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, he, meant, he means that as followers of Christ, our purpose is to preserve what is good and prevent what is bad. We are to maintain what God intended for the world by protecting against what threatens his beautiful design. So if that is our purpose, how then would this be lived out? The Gospel of Mark also records Jesus' words here. And so I want us to, to turn there for a minute because I believe it will be helpful to see how this may be lived out in our lives. This is what it says. Again, this is Jesus, and he says, he says uh, this. He says, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will you make it salty again? He says, have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So being at peace with one another is another way that we can be salt. Last week we, we talked uh, about the, the Beatitudes and we talked about the peacemakers, right? If you recall, peacemakers are those who walk towards tension and help resolve problems. They intervene where there are issues in order to make peace. And so peacemakers seek unity, right? They preserve the good and... They seek to resolve conflict. They prevent the bad. This is salt. Let me give us a, some other examples. Uh, on Tuesday nights, we have a group of men that, 
that meet together who are dedicated to hold each other accountable to maintain purity in their lives. So we meet with the aim of striving towards a biblical view of sexual purity. We seek to preserve the good. And we fight against sexual impurity. We seek to prevent the bad. That is salt. When you comfort someone who is mourning, you aim to preserve the good and prevent the bad. When you call someone out of sin, you aim to preserve the good and prevent the bad. When you intervene on a destructive behavior, you preserve the good, prevent the bad. Wherever you seek to preserve God's design for this world and prevent the decay of it, you are salt. This is your purpose in life. This is how you were designed. Jesus goes on to say, though, he says, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. What Jesus is saying is that just like salt, if we are not fulfilling our purpose as followers of Christ, then what good is that? Like, what good is it if you claim to be a follower of Christ and do nothing to preserve the good in the world? What good is it if 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 there is no difference between you and, and the rest of the world, what good is it if you do nothing to, present, to prevent the decay of sin? Let me ask you then today, is it your purpose to be salt in the world? Are you bent towards ridding your life of sin and maintaining God's purpose for your life? Are you, like salt, a barrier between the sin of the world and your heart? I think if we're honest, that barrier sometimes loses its saltiness and sin creeps in. If we're honest, sin penetrates into all of our lives. And what happens, though, when our, our hearts and lives are not protected from sin, it affects all of us. You are designed to preserve what God says is good and prevent what he says is bad. Next Jesus says, you are the light of the world. What, what does light do then, right? Light spreads, right? Dark cannot exist where there is light because light overtakes it. So whereas salt is preventative in nature, light is proactive in nature, right? Salt prevents bad. Light, on the other hand, spreads the good. That's the difference here. Uh, there's, there's a restaurant in the city that Melissa and I went to uh, when we first moved here. Um, it's called Onwar. Uh, it was a really cool, really cool restaurant. They have a very unique idea for a dining experience, though. What they do, the, the idea is that you eat a meal in complete darkness. Um, so you're in this room with zero light. There are no windows. There are no phones allowed. Everything is covered by blackout curtains. Um, you, you, you can't see a thing. I remember like sitting in, in the, the chair there and I would put my hand like right up to my face and I could not even see my, my hand. Um, that's how dark it is. And it's not like your eyes adjust after a while either. Um, the whole time it is pitch black. You cannot see anything. What would happen though if even a sliver of light entered into that room? Well, you'd be able to see again, right? Maybe uh, a little bit at a time, right? Your eyes would adjust. You would probably be able to see objects as you put them to your face, right? You, you would start to be able to see reality again. And that's the power of light. It permeates the darkness and allows you to see properly. 
And so that is what it, it means to be light in this world. Light promotes growth. It spreads as far as it can reach. So as light, we are called to spread into the world, into the dark aspects of life. One thing to note here is that light is not influenced by the dark, right? It cannot be affected by how dark a room is, right? Rather, it influences the dark. When you shine a light into a dark room, the darkness disappears. In the same way, we are called to go into the dark parts of the world where there is sin, where there is death and destruction, and influence it for good, not the other way around. Jesus says here, he says, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Again, Jesus tells us that light does not exist to be hidden. It exists to be shown. And if light is being covered, it is no longer fulfilling its purpose. No one puts a, a basket over a lamp to hide it. Likewise, what good is it, is it, it as followers of Christ if we are not fulfilling our purpose as light? This is a common illustration that we see throughout Scripture, right? We are called to be light. Uh, Philippians 2 says... Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked generation and a crooked and twisted generation. He says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So we are called to spread out into the world being light amongst the darkness. How does that look like though? What does that look like? How are we to be light in this world? Well, Jesus says we do so by our good works. He says in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. So if we are to be light, Jesus says we do so by displaying good works to the world. We are light by displaying, putting on display the light that, was it, that is within us. And if we are followers of Christ, that light is Jesus. How might that look like for you? Well, here are some, some things this church is involved in to display the light that is inside of us. So the food bank. Right? Once, once a month we run a food bank in the neighborhood of Little Burgundy. The, the food bank exists because there was a need in that neighborhood for affordable food. So you can say that the food bank exists to spread light into a darkened part of that neighborhood. What else is light? Encouraging others who need it. Comforting those who mourn. Sharing the gospel. Calling your friends and your family out of the darkness. Reminding them that their sins are forgiven through Jesus. They are free from the bondage of sin. In John 8, Jesus says... I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is a message that ought to be spread, that you can have the light of Jesus in you if you put your faith in him. So as salt, we are called to preserve the good and prevent the bad. As light, we are called to spread good works into the darkness. Our final purpose we see 
is to glorify the Father. Jesus says, it is all for this purpose. He says, so that you may, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So our light in the world, spreading good works, the, the salt that we are, preventing bad in the world, the purpose of all of this is to glorify God. I want to make this very clear. You can be the most moral person. You can do all you can to prevent evil in the world. You can be a peacemaker, intervene on, on conflict. You can spread good works by helping out at a food bank or providing shelter for the homeless or whatever it is. You may do things that resemble salt and light, and yet if it exists for your own glory, it is completely useless. If your good works do not exist for God's glory, then they are worthless. Jesus tells us as much later in the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 6, he says this. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. He says, thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. He says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. If your good works exist for your own praise, then they are not truly good. Christ says... If so, then you have received your reward. If you desire to be praised by others for what you do, then it will be so. But if you are salt and light to glorify the Father, then your reward will be in heaven. Our call in life is to glorify God because he is worthy. We are called to be salt and light so that people will see that we are like Jesus. Not so that they will think highly of us, but so that they will look to the Father. This was the, the mission of Jesus. And so this must be the mission of his followers. Jesus, the true salt and light. He is the barrier that stands between sin and us. He came into this world preserving the good by completely being obedient to the Father. He never once let sin or the corruption of the world penetrate into his life. He stands alone as the only one who, who has been truly pure salt, preserving the world the way God intended and defeating the rot of sin for us on the cross. On the cross, death was defeated. The serpent was crushed, trampled under the foot of Christ, just like useless salt. He is the true light. John says of Jesus that in him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus came into this world as light shining into darkness. He came spreading good works in a dark world. He healed the sick despite the, disappro the disapproval of the religious leaders. He cared for the despised when it was unpopular. His ministry was to bring light into the darkness. And yet he was never overcome by it. At the darkest moment when it seemed as though the enemy had won, 
is where Jesus shines the brightest. On the cross at his death is where our sin is defeated. Jesus then lay dead for three days in complete and utter darkness. He then overcame the darkness by raising to life again. Not even death could hold him. And so we can be salt and light in this world through faith in him. What a privilege this is, church. How amazing it is that the God of the universe calls us to be like him. He says, I am this. I am the true salt and light. Come and be like me. This, this shouldn't be us, right? We were the corruption of the world. We were the darkness. And yet Christ says, this is now your purpose. I am calling you out of that to be salt and to be light in this world. Ephesians says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So prevent sin in your life and the lives of others. Preserve God's wonderful design for the world. Go out into the world and spread good works. Do not be overcome by the darkness, but overcome the darkness with good. What an honor it is to be called salt and light by the Father. And so all of this we do joyfully for the glory of God. If you are here and, and you are a follower of Christ, fulfill your purpose by living for the glory of God. Do so by looking to Jesus, by trusting him, by dying to your sin, and by bringing light into the world with your good works. If you're here and you're not a Christian, let me urge you to, to come out of the darkness into the light. Christ came to redeem a people, people who are not good, people who contributed to the decay of this world, people who were living in darkness, but people who would turn to him. Christ came that they would have new life in him, and he calls those people to a greater purpose, to be salt and light in this world for the glory of God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the sermon from Renaissance Church. If you have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more, please feel free to contact us by email at renaissance.mtl.gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. It's our passion to love Jesus, love each other, and love our world.